Listen, not one issue of your life, not one challenge of your life should be let to go free without being handled and be used to demonstrate God's glory. Don't let any of them go free. Go after the challenges of your life. Seize them and use them to demonstrate the glory of God. I'm going to give you a quick summary. I will use this chapter to finish up. And you will understand what God has designed for you and I to accomplish. Psalms 149 verse 7. He said to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people. Who is he talking about? To execute vengeance upon the heathen. You know what the heathens are? The Gentile nations. Who are to execute this judgment? Let's go to verse 2. He said, let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Now, he was talking about the physical Israel. If you understand, like I have said before, the physical Israel typifies the spiritual Israel, which is the church. Are you with me? Now, everything God did with the physical Israel was a picture of what he plans to do with the spiritual Israel. When he asked Moses to build a tabernacle of worship in the wilderness, he said, ensure that you build this tabernacle after the pattern that I have shown you on the mountains. Which means there was a spiritual tabernacle that God showed to Moses. And he said, build the physical one after the spiritual one. Now, when God spoke to Abraham, he said, I will bless you and I will bless your seed. And through you and your seed shall the nations of the earth be blessed. Now, I took time out in another series to explain the two dimensions of the blessing upon Abraham. The first dimension was on Abraham himself. And that blessing went on to his biological descendants. But the second blessing was not on the physical Abraham himself. It was on the seed that Abraham was carrying. And we saw in Galatians chapter 3 verse 16 that that seed of Abraham that God was referring to was not the biological children of Abraham but was on a seed, a singular seed and that seed is Christ. And in verse 29 he says, If ye be Christ, then are you that seed of Abraham that God was talking about and blessing when he was blessing Abraham. Hey, ah, I am that seed that was inside Abraham that God was blessing when he was blessing Abraham. And he said to Abraham, he said, your seed shall possess the gates of their enemies. So whenever God pronounced blessing upon the seed of Abraham, the physical descendant of Abraham enjoyed that blessing in the physical realm. And then the spiritual seed of Abraham, which is you and I, also enjoyed the same blessing in the spirit realm. Just 1948, 
the whole Arab world thought to wipe out Israel. And as little and young as they were, they subdued the whole Arab world in a couple of days. How did that happen? Go and study Judges chapter 5. There are stars, angels fighting from above. Those things are not ordinary. There is a word that God has released. That word is still happening in the spirit realm. And brothers and sisters, when Israel realized who they were, the young man David in Samuel chapter 17, when he came across Goliath, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He said, can't anybody bring him down? Are you following what he's talking about? Because he has a mentality. If you are not on God's side, you don't have a foundation. Brothers and sisters, God was not so much interested in all those things that happened in those days. He was just interested in creating a pattern because of the spiritual Israel, the church, the Christians, that he was going to raise up the seed of Abraham. And he had a purpose for bringing up the seed of Abraham. God is waiting for you and me, brothers and sisters, to receive that same mentality that David had. That we can stand up and look at Satan to the eye, eyeball to eyeball, and tell him, I will take your head off your shoulder, and I will give the carcasses of the forces of darkness to the birds of the air. The Bible says that through you and me, God seeks to demonstrate to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. Let's get back to this chapter. And he says, let Israel rejoice in him that made him. He didn't say he that created him. God created everybody. But he made Israel to become a unique nation before him upon the face of the earth. He says, let Israel rejoice. Let children of Zion be joyful in their king. Not in King David, but in their king. Let's go to the next verse. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him in Timber, verse 4. But the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. Hallelujah. <laughs> Caleb said to the whole camp of Israel, he says, if the Lord delights in us, if the Lord takes pleasure in us, he said, though they be giants, they become bread for us. They understood something that God has pleasure in them. Brothers and sisters, God delights in the church. We are God's delight. He says, for the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. He will beautify the church with salvation. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 5. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Verse 6. Let the high praise of God be in their mouth. And a two-edged sword in their hand. Verse 7. To execute vengeance upon the hidden. And punishment upon the people. Now, let me give you an insight into what Psalms 149 is saying. When God picked Israel... He sought to use Israel to demonstrate. Not by himself coming out to demonstrate. He just picked Israel and made them his glory. 
and through Israel to demonstrate to the whole world that he is God. Let me quickly show you something. Exodus chapter 10. Let's look at it from verse 1. Now, Moses was in the land of Egypt trying to take the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart. You are familiar with the story of what happened when Israel was being taken out of Egypt. Plagues after plagues. But Pharaoh won't let them go. God said, I am the one who hardened his heart. Are you following what is going on here? Because God has something he wants to prove. There was a plan that has to be fulfilled. He was about to demonstrate something. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I might show these my signs before him. The word show is translated from a Hebrew word which also means that I might reveal. Which means there was something about God in the spirit realm that God was seeking how he might reveal it into the word realm. Are you following what I'm talking about? The ordinary people of the world didn't understand certain things about God. Read the whole Bible before these things began to happen. They didn't see such mighty signs. There was no such demonstration of the power of the supreme being. The people didn't really understand who God is and how he could act on behalf of his people. Now he said, and the Lord said unto Moses, go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart. You would expect that he would say, go, I have softened his heart. He said, no, I have hardened his heart. Why? Because there is something I want to reveal here. It is not just about Israel leaving Canaan to the promised land. If God didn't have anything to reveal, he will make Pharaoh and all his soldiers and servants and everybody that is an Egyptian to sleep and not wake up for three days. Couldn't that happen? God did things more than that before. He killed the whole armies of the Amorites. And the people of Israel didn't have to fight one fight. Are you following what I'm talking about? So he could make the whole of Egypt sleep continuously and not wake up until one week is over. Isn't that possible? But then nothing will be revealed. They will just wake up and say, Ah, why did we sleep this long? But God wants to reveal something. He wants to reveal something. So what did he do? He hardened the heart of Pharaoh. He says, I have hardened his heart, the heart of his servants, that I might reveal this, my signs before him. What are signs? Signs are pointers to the realities of things. God was seeking to reveal that he was God over the universe. That was what he used the signs to reveal to them. Next verse. And that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy sons and thy sons' sons what things I have wrought in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them, that ye may know how that I am the Lord. Previously, the people didn't really know. They thought every nation has its own God. But now God was seeking to demonstrate that there are no gods. There is only one God. Brothers and sisters, just like that happened in the physical realm, God is raising you and me to demonstrate a similar thing in the spirit realm. Number one thing that God is doing with your life now is that he's training you for reigning. Listen, we are the ones that will reign with Christ in eternity. 
And God is not going to bring a nobody to come and be reigning. It doesn't work that way. He's not going to bring somebody that has no experience to come and reign. It doesn't work that way. He tried it with Seth and with Lucifer before. It didn't work. Lucifer just woke up into beauty and glory. He was not trained. He was not tested. So he failed woefully. But with Jesus, God didn't do it that way. He didn't try it that way. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8. Can we have that quickly? The Bible says that Jesus learned obedience. Are you following what we're talking about? In, in Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5, he says, Let this might be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, in that he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But when he found himself in the form of man, he humbled himself, even to death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God had highly exalted him and had given him a name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. To the glory of God the Father, both in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Not only in this world, but in the ages to come. Are you following what I'm talking about? So Jesus received the crown of eternal glory, not just by chance, but after he humbled himself. How did he learn this humility? He said, though he were a son. He knew that he was son. You know when you are a son, you have certain privileges. But Jesus didn't begin to exercise privileges. He learned humility. He said, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Jesus went through things. So it's the same way God is training you and me. Because we are going to reign in the same class as Jesus Christ. In eternity, in the realms over all the eternal creation of God. Are you following what I'm talking about? He says he learned obedience by the things which he suffered so listen brothers and sisters god is training you for reigning you are going to reign and god wants you to begin to reign now to take charge of these little little things that concerns you because you are going to reign over principalities and powers you are going to reign over demons and witches and witchcraft you are going to reign over satan himself until you look at satan down on the ground and say is this you you mark satan on the head are you following what i'm talking about that is what god is training us for and it's not just going to be for a while it's going to be for eternity you are not an ordinary person there is a plan for your life there is a great plan for your life. God has a great future for you.